In this video, we will do an in-depth analysis of Sino-US competition that will create a new world system. If you are new, this channel is to help you understand why the rise of Asia, particularly China, is inevitable so that you can also seize the new opportunities. If you are interested to learn more, please subscribe and hit the bell icon. Both China and the United States are comprehensive world-class powers. Both countries have the most powerful industrial strength or potential, the ability to build a new world system. Therefore, the competition between China and the United States is global. In the second half of 2020, it will even extend to outer space, such as the missions to Mars. No matter who wins or loses in the end, China and the United States will directly affect the future development of all humankind. The so-called trade war now underway is just one of the small phenomena in the historical battle between China and the United States. In the era of globalized industry, only by examining and analyzing the whole world as a single system can we truly understand what is happening in a certain part of the political, economic, and military. Let's talk about the world system first. After the end of World War II, the old colonial world system collapsed. The United States seized the Western hegemony from Britain and immediately began to create a new world system. The system is mainly through free trade, democracy, dollar hegemony, international rules, and organizations such as industrial division of labor, monopoly of high-tech products, and intellectual property protection, as well as the super-strong military force behind them including ultra-large nuclear arsenals, maintain the American leading position as a superpower. Under this system, if developing countries want to rely solely on their own power to achieve industrialization and catch up with developed countries, the probability of success is almost zero. So the socialist country ramp led by the Soviet Union strongly opposed this system, but after nearly a half century of Cold War, the United States basically broke down this resistance. But the various resistances in the world have never really stopped. Because this system of the United States is actually a pyramid structure, which is built on the basis of inequality. There can be only one country at the top of the pyramid, and that is the only superpower the United States. As the manager of the world system and the chief maker of various rules, the United States will naturally retain the largest distribution of income. As long as any other country threatens the hegemony of the United States, it will certainly be suppressed by the United States. In other words, even if a country is exactly the same as the United States in terms of political system, ideology, cultural thinking, if it attempts to compete with the United States for hegemony, it is completely unacceptable to the USA. The second-tier countries are the main assistants and allies selected by the United States based on factors such as history, culture, and geopolitics, such as the United Kingdom, France, Germany, and Japan. Because the entire world is too large and complicated, even superpowers do not have sufficient resources and capabilities to manage this world system alone so it is essential to win over a group of core allies. Of course, the price the United States has paid for this is to provide a large amount of capital and technology, as well as to distribute some rights to these countries to help these allies grow quickly. After that, the United States gradually consolidated this world system 
through the Cold War and subordinate auxiliary systems such as NATO, also known as the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, and the U.S.-Japan Alliance. At the third level are the vast number of developing countries. These countries and regions are mainly responsible for providing resources, labor, and markets to the first and second level developed countries. In the world system designed by the United States, the economic independence of the third tier countries is almost completely castrated, and there is basically no possibility of catching up with developed countries. For backward countries to realize modernization, capital, and technology are most important, but these two are precisely held in the hands of the United States. Even if the backward countries have made a little bit of national industry through their own hard work, they can't compete with the products of developed countries at all when trade is free and open. If there were challengers to this pyramid system, the United States will eliminate them through economic wars, financial wars, color revolutions, long-term blockades, or even use military force. The above is the so-called New World Order, gradually formed after World War II. It is indeed more advanced than the previous colonial system, and it seems to be more civilized. But in fact, the exploitation and plunder of the world have not been relaxed at all, just more concealed and more confusing to understand. So is the world system established by the United States really flawless enough to last for generations? Of course not. Internally, the biggest challenger comes from the second-tier developed countries. In order to maintain the normal operation of the world system, the United States must pay a certain cost. The biggest piece of this is to give its core allies considerable economic and technical benefits and sub-administrator status. The trouble is that the appetite of these allies is never satisfied. With the increase of national strength, their asking prices are getting higher and higher, and they may even become independent and break away. This means that maintenance costs in the United States are increasing day by day, and the operating efficiency of the entire system is also decreasing. Over time, there will be more and more people who are dissatisfied and dissatisfied with the United States and his system, because the appetite of the second-tier countries is getting bigger and bigger. It is difficult to be satisfied. While the third-tier countries are at the bottom of the system for a long time, they can't see hope. By the 1980s, Japan had risen again and attempted to challenge the United States, but it was also suppressed by the United States, and it has not recovered since. In 1991, the flag of the sickle hammer was lowered from the Kremlin for the last time, and the Red Empire was finally washed down by the torrent of history. The thrilling bipolar confrontation of the past half a century came to an abrupt halt, and the world entered a truly global era. In his State of the Union address to Congress in 1992, President Bush can't wait to propose building a new world order. After the Gulf War in 1991, the United States launched a massive new military technical revolution, gradually using advanced information technology. Western civilization has regained the overwhelming military advantage of the early industrial era. The military self-confidence has reached its highest point since the World War II. Americans' self-confidence in leading the world is very obvious in the sci-fi blockbuster Hollywood films like Independence Day, where Americans save the whole world. But in 21st century, it is not the second-tier countries that challenge the United States, but a third-tier developing country, China. 
The post-Cold War era, the world system designed by the United States divided the world into five major industrial hubs, namely the United Kingdom, Europe, Northeast Asia, China, and Southeast Asia. Among them, the United States has basically monopolized the manufacture of the most high-end industrial products such as chips, aerospace, advanced ships, and cutting-edge weapons and equipment. The United States believes that it has a strong foundation and the strongest innovation ability and can develop generations of revolutionary technologies and high-tech products, which will always be far ahead of the world. For the next level, Western Europe, Japan, and South Korea, the tasks assigned to them by the United States are mainly to produce advanced electromechanical, high-end machinery, precision components, and other industrial products, which can also make considerable profits but it will not threaten the absolute leading position of the United States. The third level of China and Southeast Asian countries are mainly responsible for low-end industrial manufacturing. This type of manufacturing is characterized by high energy consumption, high pollution, low profit, and labor intensiveness. In addition, there are fourth-level countries, the typical representatives of which are the Middle East, and African countries. They do not even have the lowest end manufacturing industry and can only sell natural resources on their own land. Such countries are desperate countries that cannot be modernized at all, so they are particularly prone to terrorism. As for Russia, the United States assigns it to be the fourth tier country, just like Saudi Arabia with nukes. Responsible for the role of an energy exporter, this is the fundamental reason why Putin has become increasingly hostile to the United States after taking office. But the design plan is one thing. Turning it into reality and maintaining stable operation of the plan is another. It was not until 1999 when the Chinese embassy in Belgrade was bombed by the US that China began to be forced to redevelop high-tech industries, especially in the military. What Americans did not expect is that, thanks to the solid industrial foundation laid in the previous three decades, China took only 10 years to catch up, realized industrial upgrading, and mastered a considerable portion of high-end manufacturing. Some areas have even begun to surpass the United States, such as 5G, high-speed rail, nuclear power, ultra-high voltage power lines, bridge and tunnel construction, lunar exploration spacecraft, global navigation systems, etc. Although the West still has a lot of high-end industrial technologies, for China, the only ones that are of importance are high-end computer chips and advanced plane engines. Everyone knows the importance of computer chips, so we need not explain further. For advanced aviation engines, that is the core equipment of all high-performance military and civilian aircraft. China is a big country with a sound industrial system, cultural system, national defense system, and nuclear weapon system. And it is also the only big country that has the ability to contend with America in terms of economy, politics, culture, and technology in a comprehensive manner. Since the Industrial Revolution, the population of various industrial countries has ranged from several million, tens of millions, to a maximum of two or three hundred million. China's population is 1.4 billion, a huge industrialized entity that has never been seen in human history. Over the past decade or so, China has made great strides in advanced weapons and equipment. Many of them have reached world-class levels. For the first time since the Industrial Revolution 300 years ago, 
The Chinese military has leveled with the westernmost developed countries for the first time in the main battle weaponry. There is still a tendency to catch up. One example is the launch of the J-20 fighter jet breaks the U.S. monopoly in stealth fighters. According to this development momentum, unless the United States develops revolutionary military technology again, the U.S. military superiority in the Western Pacific region has been overpowered by China. Due to the development of the Chinese Air Force and missile technology, the American bases in the first island chain are no longer safe. In the event of war, the U.S. Air Force would be forced to use the Anderson Air Force Base in Guam, which is far away from the second island chain. Because of the long distance, the time F-22 fighters can maintain combat air patrols in the Taiwan Strait is very limited, which means that the U.S. Air Force will not be able to seize and maintain air control and the loss of air control will seriously affect the security of other troops. China's anti-satellite capabilities have also made great progress in recent years. China's powerful laser device can already blind the U.S. imaging reconnaissance satellites. In addition, China has developed special electronic jamming devices for communication satellites and GPS satellites. China conducted an anti-satellite test in 2007. At present, China has built two aircraft carriers and it's reported that the third ship has also started construction using electromagnetic catapults. This means that China has begun to master the most advanced heavy aircraft carrier technology and it is no longer unthinkable to challenge Western sea power. It is estimated that the Chinese Navy will equip five heavy aircraft carriers in the future. Judging from China's current national strength and rising momentum, the five aircraft carriers are not too difficult targets. That is to say, the United States being squeezed out of the Western Pacific by China is already a problem that politicians of the two countries must seriously face. After the U.S. military forces withdrew from the Western Pacific region, they would have to retreat thousands of kilometers since only a few isolated islands in the Pacific are not enough to support the U.S. naval control. This will be a drastic change in the geopolitics of the world, and it is likely to be the beginning of the collapse of the U.S. world system and the establishment of China's new world system. Creating original content is hard work. Your support is what keeps me going. Please like and share this video and leave your comments below. You can also donate to this channel by clicking the link in the description below. Thank you.